Hey y'all, I'm Casey Bell from the Shake Up Learning Show, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. I'm like you, that first time someone said, you need to meditate, you need, this will help you, you this, try these courses. I'm like, oh, this is, I can't, my, my brain is going over everything. And then I'm thinking about this and what I'm not doing here. And, and it takes time. And, and yeah, so 100%, you, you've, just, just being mindful is just enough, I think, sometimes. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, All of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in. A fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge. Thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Hello there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 97 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. This is one part burnout and all other parts, action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, Amber Harper. What's up? I empower burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled career and life with my eight-step burned-in process. And yes, I also mean during the pandemic, during quarantine, during all of these crazy times. I can't even begin to list you know, all of the stressors that are happening in our everyday lives these days. But with that eight-step process, I have helped many, many teachers to <laughs> to make some necessary changes in their life, whatever that is for them that helps to bring them to a happier and more fulfilled state in their life, in their journey, in their story. And you can begin too. If you haven't taken the teacher burnout quiz, go to burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz. It's six questions. It's super quick, three minutes or less, and it's really going to get you onto a path of looking and thinking and feeling differently about your 
current career and reality and this one life that we have so you can move through and grow through this burnout. So this episode is for every type of burnout, whether you're burned and bored, burned and over it, burned and unbalanced, maybe you're just feeling a little off, which you'll hear Beth Williams talk about today. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. She taught for has taught actually for 17 years. And it wasn't until the pandemic uh, around March and April that she really it got to a point where she had to start looking for something different to bring into her life so that she could make it through that incredibly challenging teaching time. And as we'll talk about very, um, very quickly into our interview, we kind of jump right into talking about the challenges that she has been facing along with many of you with students not showing up or not engaging uh, during her online lessons. So it is my pleasure to introduce you to Beth Williams. Beth is from Manchester and she is a burned in teacher on a mission to help teachers find their inner warrior and sunshine through the four pillar plan. And as she tells you here, as we start to have this conversation, she put together these four pillars for herself, um, which was really funny. It's There's so many times in this interview that she uh, is sharing, and I just smile ear to ear because her journey is a lot like mine. She wanted to find something that would work for her in her journey, in her life. And honestly, that's what I want for you. I want you to find things that work for you. There is no one right path out of this, uh, out of this season of burnout that you're in. Nobody knows your story or your journey better than you. And Beth is a perfect example of what it means to take control, to stop, slow down, and pay attention, and to do your research. And actually, she'll even state during her interview that it was during this time that she was doing her research that she found Burned In Teacher, that she found the podcast. She went out searching for answers and support. And although she hasn't taken the teacher burnout quiz yet, She will if she needs to, and she will move forward. I know she will. She is the wellness warrior after all. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you to Beth Williams from Manchester, and we crossed the ocean to bring her to you today. So listen, listen well, take some notes, and she's going to share with you her four pillars and how she brings these pillars of wellness into her life every day. All right, see you in there. Beth, thank you so much for joining us on the Burn In Teacher podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Hi from a rainy, a very rainy um, England yeah. <laughs> at the moment. So this is really exciting. I've been in, interviewed on a podcast in England, but I've never had a guest from the UK. Oh, so I'm really yeah. excited to have you here. This is <laughs> where we're just crossing bridges here and uh, and doing new things. So I'm really excited. So Beth, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, a little bit maybe about your family and your and your career. Sure. Yeah. So um, I've been in teaching now for about 17 years. Um, I joined late. I started off in a nursery. I was very lucky. My auntie owns a preschool nursery and it was sort of a transition from being a preschool nursery teacher to then go off and get my degree to become a teacher. Um, my mother is a, pe- is a teacher. My, my, one of my grandparents was a teacher. Um, my cousin is currently a teacher. So, so teaching and educating is definitely within the blood 
100%. It was the natural progression, I think, from school, college and teaching. Although I didn't get there in a, in a usual transition, I did take a year out to sort of maybe find out and find my own path. But um, yeah, so it was it was probably going to always happen. I was the kid that used to line her teddies up and teach them when I was when I was very little. That's so sweet. I know a lot of teachers that I've talked to, they they speak that same story of their childhood. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. So what do you teach now? Science. And I'm also a pastoral lead for okay. a group of 14-year-olds at the moment. Okay, so are you a middle school science, high school? So the way it works kind of over here, we don't have a lot of middle school, so it's just high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's got a sixth form, so it goes up to 18. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I just predominantly teach 11 to 16 year olds science. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, you are a smarter person than me. I never, <laughs> high school science was not a pretty sight for me as a high schooler. <laughs> well, I try my best. <laughs> so are you fully remote right now, Beth? Um, yeah, we've got key worker kids in, um, but all my lessons are online. Yeah. Fully okay. 100% remote. Yep. Okay. We started to chat a little bit before I hit record. Mm. And before we go into your burnout journey and these four pillars that you want to share with us today, I have to ask you because you just, you just mentioned it on your own. And I thought this is such an important piece of conversation to bring into this conversation and early because it is something that is weighing so heavy on teachers' hearts. And that is because you told me, you said, Amber, this is the most interaction that I've had (laughs) virtually on a Zoom call since this started. And that broke my heart when you said that. And so I want to know, and then you can kind of go into, you know, your story here and tell us how you created these pillars that you work on with yourself and with other teachers that you work with. Um, how do you handle the disappointment that comes with, with students either not showing up or not engaging with you in your online lessons? I think it's got to come down to the fact that as long as we're trying the best and we can only give our, our best, can't we, at that, that moment in time, that not to really allow it to, to disappoint in such a way. I mean, we've, we've only recently been put back into this lockdown. So after, in September... Mm-hmm. We were face-to-face teaching um, and then obviously the, the Christmas period we then got put back into a, a full-on lockdown again. So we're finding our feet. It's it's difficult. Um, the first time round, it wasn't, we weren't teaching virtually as much um, because number one, we didn't have the technology. Number two, we were worried the kids didn't. So this time round, we've been fully prepped and in, it, but we're still sort of trying to trying to find our way around it um and it, yeah like you said it is it's incredibly it's heartbreaking because I I like to engage in conversations when I teach and I love to have you know it's part of the, the most amazing part of the job is to have those conversations with the kids isn't it and get that that backwards and forwards the banter flowing and and everything else and now it's just all being typed and you don't even know what they're doing behind the screen so I think a lot of it is that we're just we're, we're nurturing each other and I'm constantly checking with my colleagues are you experiencing the same thing is this happening with you and x y and z and and luckily we are all in it together and I've got a lot of teacher mates that don't just work in my school and they're having the same the same issues and and I think because it's a collective it, it kind of warms your heart a little bit more mm-hmm. right? so you don't feel so alone and so at the moment, it's just a constant communication 
um, to, to be having with with each other really to make sure that we know that it's it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. That's a really powerful place to come from when you know <clears throat> that you're not alone. That this is mm. not it's not your fault. I mean, mm. we can always improve in things, right, and learn more and. Oh, but when it comes down to it, there is only so much you can tr- control. So I'm really, mm. I'm glad to hear that you have a really good system of support to help yeah. to, um, yeah. to get you through this, this time where a lot of teachers are, are losing their identity because they are teaching to blank screens or creating video lessons, you know, that are pre-recorded and sending them out. And they're not able to have that face-to-face mm. interaction with students oh. either way. And that's very, very challenging. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's devastating. And and that's kind of what we've sort of said. We want to make sure that we're not we're not losing who we are and, and our main vision and what it is that we we go into teaching for. And we're still trying to really keep those routines going. So um, we're sticking to the timetable. Mm-hmm. So the kids know exactly what lessons they've got going on. We know exactly what lessons are going on. Mm-hmm. And we're literally sticking to those routines to help keep that definition of who we are really and and make sure that we're not losing our way um because the first lockdown because it was all a bit a bit Mm wishy-washy I think a lot of teachers (laughs) a lot of of teachers kind of lost who they were and it and it wasn't until we got to the summer holidays and then back in in September and we were all thinking this is going to be really crazy. We, we've not taught for six months, five or six months in a classroom. And I was nervous going back in, you know, wondering if I could still do it because mm-hmm. I hadn't been out that long and it was still quite nerve wracking. Definitely. Right. So have you had any, you know, symptoms or signs of burnout during this time of going into lockdown again? Um, how are you feeling? How are you dealing with all of this? I think because I can, I, I now recognize the signs and I can pick up very quickly on what my telltale signs are. Mm-hmm. And I literally just stop, slow it right down, reflect on what it is that I'm doing in my practice and make sure that I am true to, to the, my own self and my own self-care. But we throw around the buzzwords, don't we, self-care all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's key. It's really key for our profession, especially. And it's something that... I want to really work hard on with other teachers because we're just losing so many. I don't know if it's the same over in, in your state, but we're losing so many good teachers because we're not looking after each other and looking after ourselves. So I, I um, before I sort of allow it to take hold, shall we say, you kind of feel it coming on, don't you? It's like sort of knocking on the door. It's the, it's this, it's for me when I suffer from burnout, I am I'm just tired constantly and, and I will sl- say for me it's it is a chore I can't even get out of bed yeah it's just yeah it, it is having to force myself out mm. of bed and uh yeah and that's when I know trouble is brewing if I don't get it together and, and start yeah. uh, like you said zeroing in stopping really focusing on on what's going on yeah, 100%. Grounding back down and, mm-hmm. and just sort of recognizing, oh, and you, there's that little light bulb and you go, oh, there I am. There I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> it's great. And it's, it's for me too. It's like, it's, if I get a burst of energy, I have to just write it or write yeah. it like a wave because typically in that moment, then I, I can get myself back on track and focus on what's important and what's going to move me forward and continue to do this work. Um, so I don't know if for you, you know, what, what do you do? It, maybe this is a great time to kind of lean into 
you know, the grounding, I know you have those four pillars and some, you know, some steps to really help you to get back to who you are and why you do what you do. Yeah. So it's, I mean, the four pillars, I've, I've totally stolen it off the internet. <laughs> you know, they looked very familiar when I saw them, but it's, but it's no less important. It's no, no. Less important. no. Mm-hmm. And I, so what I've sort of recognized for me is physical health is mm-hmm. key. And if I can make sure that I'm spending some time doing something that's for, from a fitness kind of level, mm-hmm. that I can spend 30 minutes 20 to 30 minutes um, just getting out of my head, whether it's going for a run, doing some yoga, um, taking a walk, um, just making sure that I'm hitting that that sort of area of, of my life. So I, I did a lot of research during the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. So this was around about April time. And I'd come through sort of recognizing that I was smack in the middle of burnout um I hadn't really heard of the word or the terms until I was actually in it mm-hmm. I didn't really understand much about it um and it wasn't until then that I took the time for to reflect luckily I, I tell people that the first lockdown actually came at a bit of a blessing and it was my eat pray love moment I know that sounds dead cheesy yeah it was where I thought sort of felt like well something's got to change I, I absolutely love my job and I was talking to my partner and, and she goes I don't understand how you love your job I don't get it you say you love it but like you look at you you're worn out constantly mm-hmm. so I took the first lockdown and really googled the hell out of number one what does burnout mean and it, I was ticking all these boxes mm-hmm. and then I looked at how I can use what I already know about myself and sort of apply it to this idea of life being like four pillars. You knock one of those pillars down, the others have to stand strong. You keep knocking them down. It's not going to stand on one pillar. So for me, the areas that I focus on is physical health, mental health, my environment, which is a bit weird at the moment because obviously the environment of the classroom is now come to the sometimes home, sometimes in school and social relationship well-being mm-hmm. and making sure that I'm staying strong to those connections. And I that that works for me. A lot of other people I know, they put financial well-being in there as well. And, you know, they tie other, other strands in. But those are the four that really work for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I'm if I'm not channeling energy within those four, then I'm, my burnout will start to appear. So it's just making sure that I'm looking after those four areas really and, and in putting those into my self-care plan, shall we say. To yeah. So I have a couple of questions for you based on what you just said. So first of all, you've been teaching 17 years and you said <laughs> you just started Googling it back in April. And so am I assuming correctly that you didn't go through burnout for 17 years? You were just... I think I was... Great? Right. I mean... <laughs> No, I think that's incredible. (laughs) I think I was dipping in and out. I think there's there's definite areas within my life where I've dipped in Mm -hmm. and come back out again without actually realizing what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been fortunate within the school that I've worked in. I've been given um, different kinds of roles that have allowed me to sort of take a break again Mm -hmm. from being. 100% 100% teaching I then was um, given the opportunity to become a more of a pastoral 
lead less teaching mm-hmm. um and I did that for a good number of years and again that sort of helped sort of reflect back on on what it is that of how I was feeling but but prior to that I think I was in and out of burnout quite a lot with mm-hmm. but putting it down to yeah, it's mm-hmm. teaching well that's really impressive so you must have some just some really good coping skills and a really great support system around you mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is because um prior to that I think a lot of it I was instilled in well it's just the job you're gonna be tired you're gonna be crying on a Wednesday afternoon because you've had a a tough time you you know you're gonna want to not go in numerous of times throughout the the months of February and it's miserable outside you know and and a lot of people said to me you're just gonna have to crack on Mm -hmm. and that's how it is and it wasn't until I you know it you know back in in March April time where I was forced to reflect on things and mm-hmm. with the help of my head teacher um, a major incident took place in school and I found myself literally crying into her arms mm-hmm. in her office um, because of this incident I took it all very personally and it, it was then when they said look you're suffering from burnout you're there this is it and I was like oh, I don't really understand what that was and then since then I've looked back and gone oh my god I was at that point as well and at that point and I can see the little pinch points mm-hmm. throughout the year because so much of what you're saying resonates with me so <laughs> yeah. much of it that roller coaster yeah that, you know breakdown oh my goodness feeling and whenever you try to talk about it you know people are just like yeah this is just the way it is you better learn to deal with it or leave because you're not gonna you know figure it out so the reason that you're actually here on the podcast is because I put out a call in the Burning <laughs> Teacher Podcast Facebook group and said, hey, would you like to be a guest? And you raised your hand so fast and said, me, me, me. So did you find the pot? Did you find the Burning Teacher Podcast and the community through your searches in, in yeah, April? Yeah, yeah, literally. I was on, I was on uh, Apple Podcasts as much as I could to find as, ma- as many sort of avenues into number one, right burnout and in teachers Mm -hmm. there's hardly anything over here so Mm -hmm. you know it was a welcome um find and I was amazed that you've got such wonderful guests that are all talking I'm like oh my god I'm normal yay yeah you're not crazy would you mind sharing then what type of burnout did you take the you took the quiz um yeah I don't think I did I oh okay to, yeah well that could be your next step but it, it yes. sounds like you're doing yeah. fine but you could take the teacher burnout quiz too and mm. identify what type of burnout you're dealing with as well so let's go into a little bit deeper into those pillars if you wouldn't mind getting a little vulner- vulnerable and maybe sharing what your specific uh, what your personal uh, routines are in each of these pillars so you mentioned the first pillar was physical exercise yeah. So can you tell me, um, you said 20 to 30 minutes. So do you, do you have a set time every day that you dedicate to physical exercise? I can get quite obsessed with it because, mm. so, because it, it fills my whole body with so much of those endorphins that you get when you exercise. And, and I know this, so I have to be quite careful because I could easily plan out my day around my exercise. <laughs> you and me too, girl. Seriously, it's a huge part of my life. Yeah. So I'm so excited to hear yours. So I, um, I, I went through, I've, I've moved to a different area. So I've got a bit of a commute, but I did used to like doing a, a morning workout. Get it in, get it done, get it, go hard and then go straight out to work. Um, whereas now... Um, I've, I've noticed that um, I've changed a few things. So I used to do a lot of hit sessions 
because they're quick, aren't they? And you can just get them done. Whereas now I've, <laughs> I've realized that I need to slow it down a bit, slow my pace down. I'm now 40. If we're going to talk about self-care, I need to, why do I have to put myself through all of this abuse and then ache for days later? <laughs> so for me, I'll schedule, let's say three days a week for a run. And that, I'm not saying I'm not going to do some cardio as well at home because I probably will. Um, a big shout out to, there's an app over here called the Fit App and they've just offered four months of free teacher content. So that's really cool. Um, so I'll do three days of a run in and then I'll try and fit in some yoga because that then properly grounds me right down and helps to sort of um, get me back into to who I am. And and then that's that. And then a walk of a weekend. So I've got to get out in nature. If I'm not out in nature, I'm not I am not fully Zen. So I can't I cannot get back to who I am. That, that's that's yeah. my main. That's fantastic. So do you have, um, and pardon me if I missed this, I was listening to all the different types of workouts sorry, that you do. Sorry. Did you, no, no, it's fine. So do you have a set time of day that you do this? For me, it's, I am up between five and five 30 in the morning to get a good hour in. Do you, right. do you find that it's helpful or do you just kind of, uh, fit it in whenever, whenever you can? I have to do it after school. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to come in. That's, it's my stress relief. Mm -hmm. So what, if I don't do that, I will brain dump on whoever will listen. So I'm the sort of person that's coming in and blah, 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 blah about my day. And this, this happened and this happened, this happened. So I have to literally go, right, I'll have a cup of tea in a minute and I'm going to go out for a run, mm -hmm. get it done. And then that helps me listen to your podcast or listen to some music and just get out of my head. And then by the time I've come home, nothing's important. It's gone. It's I've left it on the, out there on the streets. And so I have to do it after, definitely after work. My husband has gotten into that routine as well. He will come right home from school. He's an elementary school principal right. and he goes right wow. to the basement or outside. If the weather is decent right now, the weather is awful, oh. but, um, he, he just goes and he's, he spends an hour and he'll, he will watch a show while he's running or lifting weights. So it's just kind of that mental release. It's that good transition for him from school to home. And he's just, he feels so much better once yeah. it's done. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Beth, tell us a little bit about your, your mental pillar and how you work that into your life. Okay. So this is an area that I've never, I haven't really done a lot of work on. I'm, I've always been quite physically fit. Um, I'm a PT as well. I've got my, my PT certificate. So that kind of fitted into my lifestyle, but for mental, it, I always thought, well, that's not for me. It's a bit, uh, a bit wooey, a bit, oh, you know, Zen master. Oh no. Um, so it didn't, it's sort of it's something that I've got to really work hard on um, because I'm the sort of person that can sit and ruminate and go over conversations and literally beat myself up within my own head of how rubbish I am, mm. um, literally after any conversation. So I've gotten into a really good habit of um, not, they call it the monkey brain, don't they? I'm not, not listening to this, this monkey inside my head and making sure that whenever any negative or or any sort of overthinking happens all about that journaling journal it down get it written on paper mm. um and just make sure that i can sort of get whatever's going on in here onto onto the the paper um i've taken up obviously uh, meditation big 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 believer of just stopping sitting focusing on my breath mm. listening to, to various sounds and and trying to tune in with where I'm at and it's amazing how little nuggets just pop up it's like ah oh, I didn't even know that was going on right now okay now that explains that and yeah. it helps it really really helps to sort of 
focus and and just uh, making sure that um, I'm not lis not listening to myself doubt and trying to give a lot of positive um, energy into myself more really and, and not having to sort of beat myself up all the time so having little reminders of you, you can do this and that you've got this mm, I love that so much I resonate with that because that's something it, it's never for, for a lot of people you know whenever they're short on time the physical goes out like I don't have time to go for a walk I don't have time sure. to you know take care of you know be be physical and exercise for me I I've always made that a really high priority but for me it's always been that that mental part where the meditation, um, mm. it's, I don't know if I could honestly say that I feel like it's just too woo woo. Um, you know, for some people it's prayer for me, it's been, it's been just getting quiet. And yeah. um, I have found recently, and I'll have to link it in the show notes. Yeah. I was invited to this 21 day abundance challenge from Deepak Chopra. Um, and they are on YouTube. They're so easy. So I went through all 21 days and honestly, I kind of binge listened to them and I have to be honest listeners, you know, I'm not perfect. Okay. I'm, this, I'm <laughs> on journey with you. Okay. So I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't sit quietly yet. I'm, I'm on my way. Yeah, I don't I sit you. quietly with my eyes closed. I get up, work out. I make my protein shake. I turn on one of these, um, one of these YouTube pre-recorded meditations and they're like 12 to 15 minutes long. I turn it on YouTube. I prop it up next to my shower. I shower while this is playing. I take yeah. some rest. I pay attention. And then I continue to listen as I'm getting cleaned up and, uh, and wash my face and, and get, a, get my makeup on. That's become part of my routine. So I'm getting there. No, that's cool. That's a so, mindful shower. It's good. Yeah. Right. And I have heard it said before, you know, sometimes it can be really intimidating to, to take somebody from never meditating before mm. to that space where you think that you have to be sitting, you know, thumb on, on pointer yeah. finger, you know, yeah. legs crossed, that's really intimidating. And so for me, and I, I have found that, that it's like, I have these, and we are high achievers as teachers, right? Like we want to get it right and perfect. And for me, I'm like, you know what, this is good enough right now. Yeah. This is oh, where I'm going to start. And, um, and the more I'm doing it, the more I'm interested in bringing it as part of, you know, maybe after my workout, I, I do this while sitting, I get quiet and get ready for my day before I get into the shower or yeah. so something like that. So, um, it's, yeah, the process, right? Oh, 100%. And it's just little things. Like you said, it's being, being present, isn't it? You know, Eckhart Tolle, the, the, the genius that is will tell you that you've got to just be present in that moment and mm. even if it's just taking your your morning coffee and just having a little wander around the garden or having been just having a look outside and mm. getting that fresh air and, and just making sure that you, you're getting the day before because I think for me it's so easy to rush out the day Absolutely. out get out that door and and I can't I have to have a minute and or two mm -hmm. and just sit and I'm like you that first time someone said you need to meditate you need this will help you this try these courses I'm like oh, this is, I can't my, my brain is going over everything and then I'm thinking about this and what I'm not doing here and and it takes time and and yeah. So 100%, you, you've just, just being mindful is just enough. I think sometimes meditation isn't for everyone. And, and no, not. it's not. And I think it looks different for everybody. Yeah. I think we also shouldn't put it into this box of this is what it has to look mm. like in order for it to be valid, you know, and actually be meditation. Um, you know, I think that, you know, driving in your car, you could, yeah. I like to drive in silence sometimes just to mm. be in that, in that quiet. And actually, um, 
to, to kind of piggyback off of that, uh, Amy Moore, and I always reference her book, 13 things mentally strong people don't do. She actually, I think it's actually the 13th thing. People who are mentally strong are not afraid to be alone with their thoughts. They're not afraid to be in the quiet. And because like you just said, where you have those thoughts pop up when you get quiet, it's when you open that space that your brain is able to say, I have a solution for this. I have a way that we could look at this. You know, it's when we're going, 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 we have that idleness aversion, that, that belief. And I don't know what it's like in the UK, but here in the U S if you're not doing something, you are being lazy, or at least that's what we're telling, telling Mm -hmm. ourselves, right. We have, we have to be doing or making something all the time. And that's not true. Um, and we call it the lizard brain, by the way. Oh, not the monkey brain. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So oh. the Seth Godin calls it, calls it the lizard brain. Uh, so, I, and that's what I have kind of called it as well, but it's that, that lizard brain telling you, you're not good enough, or you're not doing this right. You're so dumb. Like who, who, who do you think you are? You oh, know? I had it before coming on the podcast. Yeah. Who absolutely. You to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Girl, I feel like we are, I feel like we're the same. The same <laughs> Uh, so, so that is fantastic. Thank you so much for laying that out for us. So what's the next pillar? So it's environment for me. So tell so us a get, little bit about how that works get, for you. Yeah. Getting my environment in check. Um, and I am, I am a big earth lover. So get, throw me into the middle of a forest and with all that greenery or with the leaves turning into, we call it autumn fall, mm-hmm. um, and I am at, you know, my, my, my perfect point, get a, a stream flowing through and I'm, I'm at my Zen. Mm. So I, for me, environment, not only does it mean being one with the, the, the world around you and all of this devastation that's gone on at the moment, I'm not going to even get into, but it's like heartbreaking. You know, also, I'm in the United States, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've got it much better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also making sure that you're it's that it's that old-fashioned phrase tidy house tidy tidy mind you know tidy house mm-hmm. tidy life mm-hmm. and making sure that your surrounding environment is is just flourished full of lovely stuff um and lovely sounds and lovely smells and lovely pictures and making sure that everything in within your setting is just as how you would want it so it's you know decluttering mm-hmm. getting rid of things that you don't need Marie Kondo in the the stuff that you you no longer want a big pile of stuff for and, right. and just making sure that everything's just just ha- as it should be really which is difficult because we've got two boys <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had kids so yeah, yeah, so yeah. that makes it challenging too right yeah, especially yeah. when you talk about that rushing especially out yeah. the door in the morning yeah yeah for yeah. sure I I love that you talk about decluttering because I think that that kind of goes along with that mental, that mental health too, is decluttering your space so you can declutter your mind. Because if you are surrounded by physical clutter, it really does seep Mm. into your mind as well. You can't concentrate when there's not a a tidy space. And that's not to say it has to be Instagram worthy or perfect or never messy. Mm. You know, we're living, right? So Mm -hmm. things aren't going to be perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's a really important thing because I know that, you know, there are, I've been in classrooms before that I, I want to hyperventilate and it's not a judgment, but I'm just thinking, my goodness, if this is what you're <laughs> teaching in, I just, I wonder how you're doing, you know, in your head, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be, you know, funny or like judge their mental health, but I'm thinking, 
this just makes me, you know, and I like to have things where they are, where they're supposed to be, but I, I, I'm also okay with having, I mean, I've got a couple of papers just like laying here. They've been here for a couple of days. Yeah. 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 But I think that there's, there's something to say with making it a priority to keep Mm. that space tidy. So you can focus, but really just focus. Yeah. For me, the environmental one is the one that I notice that slips. Mm. So if I'm within the mix of maybe it's exam period or whatever whatever time of the the year it is Mm -hmm. my environment is the one that I'll go ah I've left that coffee cup there Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to make sure everything else right let's just calm this down 100% oh thank you so much for sharing that and I love also that you talk about being out in nature that is something we're so lucky where we live that we can just drive down the street and we have trails upon trails that we can just go out and get into nature it's just it's it's just food for the soul. It's fantastic. Mm, so what's the last one? For me, it's relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not just relationships within obviously your family. That's communicating with perhaps um, extended friends, extended colleagues, mm-hmm. but just maintaining that connection and having those important conversations where it's not just one way. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I think when I'm in, in burnout, the thing that goes is the, the, the mindful conversations. I can be very short and snappy mm-hmm. and just, oh, I can't be bothered listening to you. I've got to crack on with what I've got to do because I've got, I'm up to here with X, Y, and Z. So it's making sure then maintaining that there's a, a good connection with people. Mm-hmm. So that area doesn't really sort of get devalued in a way because I think uh, I mean it's really difficult at the moment obviously with the way we are because we're missing those connections aren't we 100%. But, it's, but even I mean this this is a, a connection this is a, a conversation and I think we'll obviously leaning more towards that now more than ever mm-hmm. and going back to right at the start not having it with the children that's incredibly difficult and maintaining that we keep it with our colleagues as much as we can and um, I will throw out emails you know once or twice a week to to key people that I know that will spread my message and, and sort of just to make them show I'm still here let's let's try and catch up at some point and have a conversation on the phone or if we can do it in person even better yeah, <laughs> yeah. how do you protect those important relationships that encourage you and do what I call, you know, they build you up rather than tear you down. What is your experience with people who, who don't want to connect in a productive or, and it, of course we, we come together, you know, also in times of hardship and say, for example, like you said, you had to lean on a teacher where you just had a breakdown and you, you just cried, you know, that's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what, what takes it um, over the top in that, in that helpfulness is when they say, how can I help you? How can we move path past this? Have you had any experiences where it just continues with the venting and the frustration and the negativity? How do you protect that part of yourself with that connection? Because I think that's also something that's really hard to navigate um, as a teacher and where I call it burned and over it. If you are connected with somebody who is so over it, so negative, so apathetic, they don't even really see it in themselves, but they're Mm. dragging you down as well. Have you had any experience with that that you can speak to and, and how you protect that pillar? Of yours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think at times we, we can become quite a negative bunch, can't we, as mm-hmm. teachers? And 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 we're also we're so 
beaten and I was trying I, I had a bit of a wow moment and I said the reason that we we feel so beaten is because we've got the the kids at us <laughs> they can be difficult and challenging then we've got the parents mm-hmm. that can also be challenging and then you've got colleagues and higher leadership colleagues as well sort of pecking your head so for sure I've had I've had experiences of teachers that will just want to just we call them drainers they just want to moan and and sort of get you hooked and you can almost see if they've got you oh yeah (laughs) they are reeling you right in Mm -hmm. um I'm quite I'm quite good at um flipping it into more of a if I mean it depends it's treading carefully isn't it if that person genuinely needs some support Mm -hmm. by having providing a listening ear but not providing any extra fuel to the fire shall we say mm-hmm. um, I'm quite good at sort of listening and then showing them all the positives that we also have within our establishment our school is a brilliant school and it's and it's only made negative if you are allowing to think that way mm-hmm. so sometimes if they're coming to me feeling a little um, a little less cheery shall we say mm-hmm. um, I, I think I've got quite good relationships with our staff to sort of okay right you yeah we've had a conversation but let's look at the positives let's let's focus on some positives from our day and and, and they tend to snap out they tend to realize oh yeah I'm being a bit of a drainer here aren't I sorry <laughs> <laughs> they can sort of go back on themselves yeah and I think I think both of those pieces are healthy I think it's healthy that number one they know that they can come to you and let it yeah. all out but then you can help to bring them back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, I've ranted and raved and, and that's just human nature, isn't it? You've, right. And it could just be one email on a, a Friday evening mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go in and you just, it could be anything in that. And I think as long as you, you, you're aware of it, it's setting boundaries as well, isn't it? Yeah. Saying, oh. look, you can come to me, but I, I can't take all of your you can't take you know I can't take all of your grief it's Mm -hmm. you've got to you've got to see the light at the end of the tunnel on your own Mm -hmm. um a big saying that I do like to 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 brand around in our school is that that be the fill your own cup but don't empty others oh I love that fill your own cup but don't empty others to fill your own (laughs) I love that that's brilliant (laughs) Beth, you were just filled with such a wealth of knowledge. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> grateful that you raised your hand and said, I want to share because to have a teacher of 17 years who has just taken major strides to take care of yourself in, mm. in and yet some of it is conventional health, uh, self-care, oh, of course. Yeah. but a lot of it is just saying, I am going to holistically care for myself and pay yeah. close attention. Is there anything else that you'd like to add today before we, before we oh my God, I've got pages. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. We have a few minutes if there's something we left out. No, I, I, we've covered absolutely everything. I just want to obviously take this opportunity to say, thank you. Thank you for spending, spending an afternoon with me. Oh, I'm so, I, it was my pleasure. I like, like you just said, you know, I'm at home a lot by myself and I cherish these conversations because I certainly was not planning on being home as much as I am (laughs) as as I have lately. So, um, so tell, um, other, uh, listeners how they can find you. Um, I'm big on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, my Instagram handle is, uh, (laughs) it's an, it's at the wellness warrior. Mm. So um, that's probably the best place you can you can look me up, and I'm always dropping in some 
some crazy videos and some healthy hints. I like to call them hacks. I love them. Yeah. And I love your hacks because that goes right (laughs) along with hacking teacher burnout, which is, I I connected really well with that. So there are actually some underscores there. So there it's at the underscore well, underscore Ness, underscore warrior. Yeah. We'll have that in the show notes as well. So people can connect with you. Yeah. Come and come and check me out. Come and drop, you know, drop a message just to say hi. And it'd be good to connect, get those, get those connections going. Definitely. Of course. And it's, of course, like you said, more important now than ever to, to bring oh, positive yeah. people into our lives. So Beth, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you ever so much for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. All right. Burned in teachers, take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the burned in teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.